This is a production of NASCAR Dosage, made by the fans for the fans. NASCAR Dosage. Tyler Reddick, demand to beat in the final stage. For you, the fans. Welcome to another episode. Looking for his first win, heads into turn three for the final time. Chase Briscoe slides underneath him and into the side of Reddick. They both spin. Where is Kyle Busch? Reddick remains under power for the win at Dirt Bristol, but not before Kyle Busch slides past him on the outside to score the victory at the last great Coliseum. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of NASCAR Dosage. As always, is with me is Brandon and CJ. We're going to get into everything Bristol Dirt and a couple other news topics that we think we might have a chance to get to. It was quite the weekend in NASCAR. Let's get into it, boys. How was your weekends? Good morning. Weekend was all right. All right. Spent some time with some family. Got to eat a whole bunch of dinner and even did kind of like an adult Easter egg hunt. Got money for it. Wow. That makes up for a wear and tear on a car, huh? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> interesting little, little Easter egg hunt. There you go. There you go. Did you, CJ, uh, did you, did you have any uh, on track? This weekend, uh, I did went and did some testing this weekend up in Bertrand, Michigan. Uh, got the car dialed in pretty good. It was snowing while I was on track. That was interesting. That's sick. Is it the first <laughs> time you ever ran when it was that cold? What's that? Like snowing? Have you like? Is that the first time you'd ever been on track while it was snowing? Yeah, and it was bizarre. I mean, it wasn't really snowing. It was just kind of like these little droplets of snow you'd see you could see it but it wasn't truly yeah. snow yeah it was cold but it wasn't wasn't bad that's sick good for you sir see i knew that and i wanted to hear about that not the easter egg hunt <laughs> just because like i know for me if the easter bunny brought like that much money or like brought me money it would all go to race car parts anyway yeah yeah that's awesome dude congratulations thank you i did see the car that car looks sick it's gorgeous. It, my my was on your side. Pretty cool. Very yes. good looking car. His brother was absolutely on the limiter entering three, like every lap, it sounded like. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, dude. You just hear. See, I'll have to send the video. Yes, please do. Valve Springs, we don't need these. <laughs> what? Why would we do that? Doesn't really do anything. Yeah. All right, but then let's get into it then. Bristol Dirt. Mm. Um, the truck race was the truck race, more or less. Uh, ben Rhodes. It, it was pretty much Austin Wayne self and Matt Benedetto locking bumpers and everybody finished. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait, no, yeah, that's the thing. Everyone finished the race. That's the first time in truck series history. Yeah. 615 races. Let, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's a legitimate fact? couple of years. Yes, like, no, ever. First time ever. ever. It is legitimately the first time ever they had every yes. truck finish the race. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Mind you, this isn't the days of 23 trucks in the field. No, this is like, what, 32? Yeah. So even after the damage to self with the bumper cover going through the radiator? Yeah. They got him back out? Wow. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. That's insane. Well, I guess like that should show our response is like candid enough when we say the racing was terrible. Week after week, we don't touch really on the Xfinity or Truck Series more than anything. The Truck Series, 
because it, <laughs> if that's a milestone that every truck finished after 600 somewhat races, that's, that tells you what happens in the truck series. I think the trucks are the next ones that need a, a complete redesign of a car. I won't send us down that rabbit hole and get too distracted this morning, but I think yeah. they're the next ones that really need a completely different vehicle in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah. You got to have some revamp. I don't know yeah. about a, a full, a whole new truck, but I think it needs, it needs something. Yeah. Well, no pun intended. They completely redid the front and rear bumpers this year. Yeah, the body work looks great. I just think that there could be some suspension tolerance stuff oh, that yeah. could make it a little bit more, you know, don't get rid of the solid rear axle because I know exactly what you're kind of thinking, Brandon. I mean, if you're an SLM guy or an ARCA guy, I want you to have the chance to you know, feel comfortable in what you're at. But I just feel like that market of being a truck, they could do something just a little bit more to, you know, maybe they go to like 16 or 17 inch wheels. Right but then like, yeah, maybe they run on 30s. How, how wild bed. would that be? Open just the bed. It, there you go. Make an actual bed. Yeah, that would be see now that I think would be really really cool. That would absolute, at least look different enough. Absolute drag monster. Just oh well, yeah. Oh, did you man. guys ever see the episode of? I hope we don't get copyrighted talking about this, but MythBusters. Yep. Um, yep. There's episode of MythBusters where they, they talked to they went to Fontana and they were trying to see what was more aerodynamic, having the tailgate up or the tailgate down, and they found that having the tailgate up was like insanely more efficient. Could you imagine how different of a product it would be, even like the super speedways, if there was an open bed but you had it a legitimate tailgate in the back i, don't, I, don't I like that idea see, i don't think you see the trucks go whoop mm. either they would massively or they wouldn't at all yeah like i uh, the, the the bigger problem at large here i felt like for this past weekend so for everybody listening to daddy chris here who is always the adult voice of reason <laughs> for the three of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Father Chris uh, had said that we weren't allowed to talk about our thoughts or feelings towards the race until right now. So for everybody listening, this is the first time that we are all hearing each other's true hot take. And as normal, we already, I think kind of know, you know, we watched it. Kyle Bush managed to back his way into a win. Wild finish. This it guy backs his way into every can win blah 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 we oh, already think kind of know that's a bit <laughs> hypocritical there don't you think yeah this is not a good look for kyle bush even though he finally got a win on dirt Bubba Wallace, gonna like i'm gonna bite my tongue because he's my favorite driver uh. <laughs> yeah that's what i thought that's what i thought bite your tongue <laughs> you say nothing yep I'm saying nothing for a reason. Well, then say something. Let's get right into it. What do you think of the race? Everything about that race, the whole weekend sucked. Hold on. So I'm going to, I thought about this this morning and we're going to do this this week. Since there's three of us, we're going to gang up on someone. Chris, like or dislike? Oh, like. Okay. Brandon, you were dislike. I'm, I'm more than disliked. Okay. That Unfortunately, I I liked it. I liked it. So the tiebreaker is there, I think. And it's I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed for next year anyway already. I saw something for like five years, and I hope it's not five years. I hope it's just one year plan every time. I think it'd be a lot smarter for them to build a permanent facility on the property at that point. Uh, it's almost like they should just go to an actual dirt track. I mean, this was phenomenal, but it's almost like yeah, they should they go quit to dirt fighting track. Tony Stewart for the SRX series and just go to Eldora for Christ's sake. Mm. Mm. 
See, I, I thought about this a bit this morning before we jumped into it. And this was the other thing I wanted to ask before we got into the full recap. So Brandon, especially, I know you'll have known, um, I can't remember the name of the racetrack, but it's like a mile long dirt track that ARCA goes to. Is it Springfield? Springfield and DuCoin, Iowa. DuCoin is the one I had in my head. DuCoin is the one I had in my head because the inside walls are basically just a berm. You know what I mean? Like there is no like walls around the racetrack. But the whole thing is just like dug into the, into the ground. I feel like a longer racetrack would be better for those cars. I think the track was too short, in my opinion. I because they were getting more disagree. Speed. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I would tend to disagree only because there's not much of a following in ARCA for the the big dirt tracks. There's a little bit because of the dirt guys, but it's it's not very great racing, in my yeah. opinion. I think that's why I think, honest to God, not just because it's Eldora, but Eldora is a very good racetrack. I've been there. I've watched the truck race there. Um, yeah, I'm biased towards Eldora too. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I I like the racetrack. I really do. But like I said, I've I've been there. You're saying you like Bristol or Eldora? Race. What's that? You like Eldora? You're saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like to to take the dirt off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no I've been to Eldora watched the truck race they were three wide four wide beating and banging and not spinning every 20 laps what what race did you go to uh oh what year was that because I went to the last one that was at Eldora I didn't go to the last one I went to 19 19 was the last one it was oh, 18 I'm sorry okay because 19, I thought, I thought 19, was a, 19 looked like your typical truck race where they couldn't keep the truck straight. Yeah, yeah. 18 was a good race. 19 was horrendous. I think they spent something like, what was it, 79 laps out of 125 under yellow or something like that? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It was but bad. There, there was a whole plethora of no talent in that field either. Well, um, no. But no, I, I think it needs to go back to a place like Eldora just because, well, for one, track prep, it's already an established dirt track. Mm -hmm. um, it's shorter. It's a half mile. You got, you're not going to get up to, I mean, I know Bristol's a half mile too, but it's, Eldora's just shaped differently. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. wider half mile than it is a longer half mile. So yeah. You're not going to get straight longer corners. Yeah. yeah. The corners yeah. are extremely sweeping compared to the street. Yeah. They, they sweep it's like a, a circle lot. almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, I just think it produces better racing. For trucks. Yes. A hundred percent. I personally thought the racing, <clears throat> I personally thought the racing last night was fantastic compared to last year last mm -hmm. year was a single groove you literally had to run people out of the way we saw and i really think change numerous times last night rather that be due to rain rather that be due to whatever but we saw the track go through numerous changes we saw how the guys were adjusting to that we saw which drivers could adjust the fastest and ultimately be the fastest guys on track the entire time like Aside from the finish, Chase Briscoe was the fastest car all night, whether he was leading or not. But mm -hmm. 
we'll we'll get into the finish later on. But man, ah, I I personally thought the race was fantastic last night. Aside from some guys losing talent in the back half of the field, it seemed like every couple of laps, um, spire cars. Um, <laughs> there was something going on last night. I don't know. I, I really liked how the new car drove. I thought the oh, new car was fantastic. a great equalizer. Oh, God. Oh. It, it looks like it can handle everything so much better than the, the dirt cars. Like the, the, well, not dirt cars, but the, you know, the, the trucks, which historically have been the top series dirt cars for NASCAR. I really thought they did a great job. I, I think the car is really like, you know, like when um, Austin Dillon was getting pushed back to the pits later on in the race, uh, something expired on the car. He got caught up in that whole deal. You could see, like, granted, he had the left rear tire down, but just how much they had the ride height, like, just jacked up on the right side, and just how, like, different the cameras were on the two rear wheels. Like, it was a really interesting thing to see. I got to think that new car lent itself a little bit to racing as well as it did last night. The only thing that I have a gripe with was when they stopped everybody to get the mud off the grill, when not everybody had that issue going on. Yeah, I love how people started to complain about that right away, but literally it was, like, three cars. And they were all on the same team, and they all right. decided to run the flat. Thank you. To Thank where you, Briscoe, Briscoe and his team were the only intelligent ones at SHR, and were like, "Oh wait, let's run the extension and you know slightly angle it to where the mm-hmm. rest of the SHR cars were like, oh, we're just gonna run flat grill covers." Hmm. All right, way to make yourselves look like idiots. And then Harvick was like, "This was the worst thing I have." Blah 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 blah. Well, maybe if you and your team didn't fuck it. I got to say one. BV, he used one. one. <laughs> I used one right away. We're only like 10, 15 minutes into this thing. He used one. Wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> they did. He used every letter. <laughs> yeah. To its fullest. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, they did. It's sim- plain and simple. They did. I mean, he wants to bitch about it, but, you know, he they literally did everything wrong for setting it up. No one else really had that much of a problem with the track prep in terms of drivers. If they were, it was Denny Hamlin. He did terrible the entire time. Uh, he ended up, his car either broke or he just quit. I'm not sure which happened. They said that the car broke, but um, it didn't sound like it from any onboard shot. Um, Harvick, obviously, his car got destroyed. You know, mm. he took turn turn right to go left a little too seriously when he tried to go back out on track. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah the other the only other thing that i had a gripe with and granted this is armchair expert coming out in full force i suppose but when it started raining they should have kept running when it started raining they should have kept the cars circling you know even if it was like a, the second time both the first time eventually they did have to stop the first time they needed to stop for to get that track kind of worked back in but you know, Brandon, you've talked about going to a dirt race. I've been to a couple of dirt races and I know that the rain actually can sometimes help. And that was something that at that point in the race, I felt like would have helped the racetrack. Yeah. It would have been slimy. You know, it would have been like a little bit greasy on top of the blue groove and whatnot, because you've got water now that's mixing in with that top soil. But I don't, I don't think that that second red flag was warranted. I don't think that was necessary. I think they could have done better to dry the track quicker I mean, you're running the Packer cars anyway. They, those tires aren't even close to as hot as the Cup Series tires, you know, like the, what those guys have. That was the only thing that I had with an issue with truly last night was I felt that second red they didn't need to – they could have at least maybe explored a little bit longer. It was like the second it started raining, they didn't even give them a chance to go run and find out. Well, that, that was my other, my other issue. 
with this whole weekend too was the track prep like you mentioned was they 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 couldn't prep the track to save their lives <laughs> it, they just couldn't and it was questionable it, it it looked like a big lack of experience it really did um it's like oh here let's go run the water truck let's go need this let's go need the track let's go roll the track well let's put more water on it let's paint a giant turtle well, on it like Corey LaJoy did <laughs> I know that they had talked um on NASCAR radio yesterday um actually it was Saturday about the the track upkeep team for this year is a lot different it's a full-time full deal this track I believe is staying for like a week and a half longer it did last year so they did bring in more professionals staying until the end of the month so yeah like a week and a half because we're all the belt losses this weekend which is why for everybody listening that wondered why they covered bristol and dirt in the first place it was going to get covered in dirt whether they nascar wanted or not because that was why they bristol wanted world of outlaws there they kind of said to the cup series like if you want to try it you're welcome to but if not what's our second date for the spring race but they they had mentioned that i want to say the guy is a world of outlaws track designer which I do think, in their defense, it looked a lot better this year than last for that reason. It seemed like they had a more professional crew than last year. You know, like I think the track held up a lot better. It, it loaned itself to better racing. It certainly wasn't perfect. Uh, that's, why, that's why it goes back to my other point, is take it to an established dirt track where that's all they do is track prep. I'd like to see do. it. So, yeah. I mean, again, and I'm not saying this because it's Eldora, but Eldora's track prep is one of the best. I mean, it's pretty good. There's they do reason, a very good job. There's a reason that it's a top-tier dirt facility. Absolutely. They do a very good job with what they do. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, even Tony Stewart, they've done like some exposés on the guy that's hired at Eldora. I think it was SRX last year. They did a little thing on him. Yep. He gets paid like I think they said like $100,000 a year or whatever. And that's all he does all day, every day, rain or shine. Doesn't matter if it snows, whatever. Track frozen place, I guess. You know, you're, you're, you are there every single day tending to the racetrack. That's somebody's full-time job. I do think that that is an advantage that you're never going to have if this is the principle that you're building racetracks off of. I totally agree with you on that. Now, yeah. I'll pick both of your brains for a second. Bristol is very high up there in the NASCAR regards, right? Bristol is one of your top five, arguably top three tracks, right? I would say so, yeah. Do you take away the spring date in order to go to an actual dirt track? No. What do you remove? Uh, Realistically, realistically, what do you remove? We've already taken a date away from Dover, which is now owned by SMI. You already take away a date from Pocono. I know what my answer would be. You've already taken away a date from Michigan. I would get rid of the Vegas race. The spring one? Part of that West Coast swing. And instead, I would replace that with Sonoma to have them out there. Then then the second weekend of June, do you go to a dirt track? Yeah. Yeah. I would eliminate Vegas, put Sonoma in its place for that time of the year. And then I would go to it. I would put that summertime 
there because it's already summertime anyway, too. I mean, going to Bristol, I feel like you get a lot more smaller teams that way. If you were to have it in the summer when everybody's in full swing. You talk about Bristol in the summer or are you talking about a dirt track in the summer? I'm saying any other dirt track. My apologies. I should have clarified how I was saying that Bristol at this time of year versus any other dirt track in the middle of the summer. I think you'd have as good of a turnout, at least a competitive turnout to that other racetrack, whatever it might be in the summertime, whether it's outdoor, whether it's Knoxville, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because there's more teams already up and running. Okay. More guys are sponsors for the year, you know, maybe get somebody like him, right? Maybe Brandon gets a shot in a a truck ride or an ARCA ride because at that point in the season, maybe he's got his sponsors lined up and, you know, I just, I digress, but I would get rid of a Vegas race. There's a lot of intermediates that don't yield. that kind of racing. We've gotten rid of a lot of intermediate races. Get rid of the all-star. That's a great point. All-star dirt race at Charlotte dirt. Quit going to Texas for the freaking all-star race. That place sucks anymore since they repaved it. I mean, the all-star race, the dirt track at Charlotte and the dirt track at Charlotte. I mean, it's right in town. It's, it's, across the, it's on the same property as Charlotte Motor Speedway. It's literally off a of tube. <laughs> yeah. As I say, it's in a view of the big bank yeah. track, the mile and a half. Actually, I think it's I'll off see it of from the track. I think it's off of four. I think. Is it off of four or off of two? I thought it was off of two. I can tell you in like two seconds. Anyway, keep yeah. going. See, I, what I would love, and this is now getting off base, but to go with that whole theory of either get rid of the all-star or supplement it with a dirt race, I would love to see Charlotte use all three layouts in the weekend and it's like a cumulative point system oh we talked about this last year we did talk about this last year uh, when we had joe on with us we were talking about this was your all-star format Mm -hmm. yes so you'd have a friday night you know yes you'd have a friday night on the big bank oval you know run like the big oval then saturday afternoon saturday night whatever you go run the road course the teams get a, a rule book that's like this thick and be like okay these are your three tracks the winner gets 50 points and then like 45 for second, 43 for third, so on and so forth until at the end of it, whoever has the most points is now the all-star for the season. And there's actually money and it's all three different racetracks that you go to all in the one property. Now see, that I, I could see. I, 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 off I like, four. It is I off like four. the idea. It is off four. Okay. Four. But I, I like the idea. That would be a lot of work though. <laughs> especially for the teams because that's a lot of prep for the car they would most cup likely series, cup series you run the same engine package at all three. Oh no i get right. that but the setup of the car would be totally and that's different. what i'm saying you'd have that one event each day right and you get the teams like almost no rule book it's pretty much open so then at that point if the team is like okay we got this we came with an entire rear clip and transaxle for the road course entire rear clip and transaxle for no. the now, we're getting way off say, topic here but i'll I'll say this too um is that's another big thing i didn't like about this weekend but i like about your idea is okay we're going to bristol we're putting dirt on all right we revamp mm-hmm. revamp the banking it's gonna be a great race mm-hmm. okay we signed a new car it's a cup car it's meant to go on ovals we're going to design it as a road course car and race it on dirt. Why? NASCAR. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Honestly, okay. I'm not going to lie here. This season so far has like rejuvenated something for everyone. NASCAR is a topic of discussion. Yeah. The Cup Series 
is more or less a legitimate series in racing again. May I sum it up into how I think? It's relevant again. It's becoming relevant again. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's for, for more better reasons than worse. More better. <laughs> for, for <laughs> more reasons that are better than worse reasons. There you go. English is hard before 9.30, all right? <laughs> My Americans, no is good. It is 9.30. It is 9.28, sir. There is that means we're already... Still 9.30. We are half an hour ahead of schedule. <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, with us being half an hour ahead of schedule, we've had our focal points. We've had our discussions about the race. Let's get into the final couple of laps. So, final couple of laps... Best summarized as this. Tyler Reddick's out in front. He's built this gap to chase Briscoe, but Briscoe is hauling the mail, catching him. Absolutely sending it. Turn one and two, his car is so sideways that everyone's like, how the hell is he getting off of the corner? But he absolutely just books it off of two every time. Helps that he was one of the few people, if not the only one, shifting. Brandon pointed that out. CJ pointed that out. I asked a question last week of it. We had the idea that that was going to happen. Now, final couple of laps. Briscoe is there. He's right on top of him. He keeps washing up through three and four, but then it gets back to him in one and two, and he's there. Final lap. Coming through one and two, there's lap traffic. Tyler Reddick's like, oh, shit, how am I going to be able to handle this? Huh? Maybe I won't win a race again. I'll choke it away again somehow. Looking like Denny Hamlin nowadays already. Get into three and four. <laughs> yeah, that phase, Brandon. That best summarized it. Uh, he, he and I are, are shaking our heads for the viewers that are listening. Brandon and I both, as he's explaining Tyler Reddick. And I know that we will talk about that in a minute. I'm <laughs> sorry. Continue, Chris. Chase Briscoe just sends it onto the apron, kicks it up off of the dirtle, because that's what they were calling it instead of a turtle. <laughs> Yay, <Yep>. NASCAR. <laughs> Whoa, NASCAR. Woo, NASCAR. Sixth. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyways, Briscoe clips that, spins up into Reddick, spins both of them out. They both do 360s. Briscoe doesn't get back going. Reddick gets back going, barely avoids the inside wall. He thinks that he might have a chance to win it. And Kyle Bush comes out of King Nowhere to back into another King win. <laughs> I hope he sells a t shirt now. I hope to God he sells a t shirt. That'll be one worth buying of his, actually. Um, okay, so my moral dilemma this morning that I don't know how to present was that classy or was it soft from Reddick? What part? Reddick? Reddick's um, response to Chase Briscoe when he came over to him afterwards I think off the racetrack. I won't say classy, but I think it'll, I will say that it was two very close friends that were going hard at it. Sportsmanship. Yeah. It was true sportsmanship. They actually hang out outside the track. They both said that. So they weren't going to let their friendship get in the way. I feel like it, it had, he still finished second. And that's got to be a lot of that reaction, because if that was a genuine reaction for being wrecked, I'm worried. I'd be worried about the, if, the nature if, of your competitiveness. If he ended up like Briscoe instead of how he finished, I guarantee would you be would be his ass. Because Briscoe finished 22nd instead. Right. He I think because he kept going and finished second. second. Yeah. That takes a little bit of the sting off. And it, he, he really could have still won it. 
you know, had in hindsight, I'm sure he sees like, oh, I downshifted like as soon as the car went around instead of when it stopped spinning, you know, or something along those lines. But, that or just pulled up into the group. Yeah, that too. I, I thought about that. I said, that's 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 what I said. said F that. it. I would have said F it. I don't like care. Just like see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put it in the door right here. Put it in my Dude, lap. Straight up Carl Ricky Edwards me. Straight Ricky up Carl Edwards me. Face the line. <laughs> I mean. Just park the bus at the line. <laughs> you, you play the role of Carl Edwards. I'll be Ricky Stenhouse. Let's do this all over yeah. again. Stenhouse <laughs> <laughs> me across the line. I think that would have been a great way to, if that, if that would have ended like that, that would have just escalated like what we saw last night. I think. I think so too. And I think that like, it would have been an absolute dumpster fire finish, which it already was on top of, I personally think great racing. It really was a great race. (laughs) It really was a great race. I I thought it was good. See, Brandon right now is so upset. Brandon just hates it because he's a short track guy. shutting down. (laughs) But like, I I understand both sides of it. And it's a really tough thing to try and figure out. I mean, you look at what the product was from last night. Should NASCAR continue to have one dirt race a year? Yes. One dirt race a year? Yes, 100%. 100%. I think that that concept now, after two years, right, it's not a fluke. I look back to the Roval. The Roval was the last real experiment with this kind of a foundation that NASCAR put on for us. The Roval, when it started, was an idea to see if another road course, because they couldn't get out of contracts, work your way around it to try and test it out. Lo and behold, the first race was pretty memorable, I would say. It was and then, <laughs> memorable for it all the wrong and right reasons. Um, with Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex Jr., but the, Brian Blaney the racing, said, oh, don't mind if I do, boys. The racing since then, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like the racing since then has still been good. You know what I mean? The Roval is a good layout, good track. It should stay. Think, think about the races we've had at the Roval. Ryan Blaney steals one because Jimmy Johnson decided, oh, wait, I washed up and I want to get one more win and let me take out this guy. Yeah. 2019, like, you saw Chase Elliott absolutely piss on the field. 2020, you saw Elliot go into the Tom's heartburn barrier, come back through the field and win. Mm-hmm. 2021, you saw Larson go from almost being eliminated because his battery basically quit on him to get in the battery See, place, coming through the field and surviving that, along with the Harvick and Chase Elliott feud that saw Harvick absolutely shit himself, basically. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the end for the four, I think. The role so now, has been insane. Every and it, as they've refined it, it has shown its worth. Now, this to me is another example of that same page or the same book, just a different chapter. Funny, um, you know, who who owns Charlotte and Bristol? Mm-hmm. Is it the, is the guy with the glasses, the big Ben? Hmm. Is, that, mm, is it? Is it? Yes. I believe, it's, I believe it's the same same group that owns North Wilkesboro. Right. Do they own those tracks that have the, the race car as the logo? Yeah. That's not the NASCAR logo because I see it at every freaking racetrack. <laughs> I see it at every track. They own everything. Sonoma, Las Vegas, uh, Charlotte, Texas, Atlanta, So now New Hampshire. let's pretend for the viewers at home, we're going to paint a different picture than what the three of us are sitting in random parts of our home on a podcast right now. And instead, we're all dressed in nice sort of suits and we're sitting at a board table and we now run SMI. What venues do you have that you don't have to worry about signing another contract? We're just transferring around dates. Now you look at ways to 
to have real life trials, to have real world experiments. This is now the second year they've run dirt with two, really three different cars. Let's, let's just for all ostensive purposes say we ran three different cars now at Bristol Dirt, the Gen 6 Cup car, the new Cup car, and then the trucks. It works. It, like the, the dirt product is working at I the cup level. I want to see the Xfinity field go there. I think it'd be really interesting. I think it'd be kind of too much, maybe. But, it might, but because the biggest... there's a lot of youth that is very aggressive yeah. in the Xfinity yeah. series. <clears throat> That's why the truck series sucks. Yeah. Well, they just, I agree. They just don't have talent or, or respect, Damn which that. comes from experience. Yeah. Xfinity field at least has talent. And the point I was, <laughs> the point I really wanted to push to like you two is I, I think that now that this has run a second year and this was a decent result for this race, how do you keep it on the schedule? Cause it's not a question of if it's how now, I think that without question now, there's going to stay a dirt race on this, the points paying schedule. If, I don't think it's a how I think it's a when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a, when do we do this race? I think this is the next Roval. It's just, it, it's something that they wanted to try. They saw that it's working, you know, it's drawing in fans and it, whether it's the new car or the new tire. Cause I know that there was a very different tire. I've never seen an 18 inch dirt wheel. That was wild too, to see last night. An 18-inch bias fly, that was nuts. <laughs> you you talked about it earlier. Um, you mentioned replacing a date for Las Vegas. The only thing is, say you move Sonoma to that Las Vegas date, you add a track for the summer for a date for a dirt track. Say you keep Bristol Spring, you know, asphalt, and you go to a dirt track. The only thing then is, um SMI is not ones to give up dates. They just buy other tracks and put the dates there. Look at Coda in Texas. They took away an actual points paying Texas race and then they said, "Oh, you're going to go to Coda? We want to run it." So, say NASCAR finally, you know, apologizes to Tony Stewart. They want to go to Eldora again. Well, you take away that Las Vegas date, SMI is going to be like we still want to run that race. And Tony Stewart's going to be like, hmm, no. There's no that's going to be the bottom line. Race. The problem is that I, I also fear is overlooked is how much of a monopoly NASCAR has created. You know, NASCAR has kind of now shown how much they've shot themselves in the foot because you don't have that wiggle room anymore to renegotiate a contract. You're keeping it all under one you know, venture partner, however you'd like to describe it, in SMI. But meanwhile, you have ISC, who's International Speedway Corporation, who they have a lot of, that, that NASCAR also owns. So you're pitting kind of two entities in and of yourself against one another, which is not a good business at all. And it, it's sad because there's a lot of really, really good racetracks, and Chris, you nailed it. There's a lot of great racetracks that if they were hands-off, they would succeed, you know? This reminds or me of think- the Indian cart split. Oh, dude, yep, 100%. 100% can see it. I believe there's only one track that the Cup Series goes to that's – no, sorry, two tracks that the Cup Series goes to that aren't owned by ISC or SMI. Bless you. And I think I know what they are. Isn't that India, Michigan? Nope, Michigan's owned by ISC. Isn't it? It's Indy and Pocono. 
Indian Road America. No, Pocono. Sorry, there are three. Indian. Okay. No, yeah. Does I forgot ISC bought Michigan. I think ISC owns hmm. Pocono. See, and this is Either how way, you get down there. Rabbit. There's See, limited tracks that aren't. And it's owned very by the much two entities. Right, and it's important that our viewers know this as a NASCAR podcast. To let's answer the bigger question here: Why are we racing at Bristol on dirt? Because it's not about why are we racing on dirt. That was the question that got answered last night. Why are we, why are we racing at Bristol on dirt? And there's a lot more to it. Like let's try to peel back the onion here for you and get to the heart of the nastiness that is corporate America. <laughs> well, you guys want to have a race in Saudi Arabia hole. next? Let's go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, I got Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not down for that today. I was kidding. Um, <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole today. He threw the Uno reverse card. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we just go back and race in Japan? Okay, yes. yeah. Let's tell teams well, that they can go spend way more money than they're used to spending to do that. Isn't the Motegi Oval destroyed? No. Didn't I hear something about that in the earthquake a few years ago? It was like really badly damaged. I don't think. I don't. Not that I recall. Yeah. I'll look into that. Yeah, I'm, I'm go to go to Bathurst. International races could be another great way to add to that schedule. Hey, I think, I think, no, I think the new cars could handle it. No, I think the no. new cars could handle it. Okay, yeah, if you put Scott McLaughlin in it, it yeah, and just him, yeah, and you put the Cup Series drivers at Bathurst, I swear to God, you'll see someone die. Carson could probably do it, Elliot could, uh, Cindric Briscoe. I don't, I don't know. I think that's about it. Anyone else might be uh, throwing it into the wall. That's a tough place, man. Yeah, it's four miles of absolute hell if you're not used to it. Yeah, it's a tough place, yeah. to say the least. Screw it. Go to Nürburgring. Let's do it. Go take the Norch life. Let's do that, it. That has some... Hmm. CJ, yeah, <laughs> no, I can see the GP track I doing well. <laughs> I think a place like Brands Hatch would do really well. Run the indie track, run short laps, get a bunch of UK fans that can pile into that place. Wow, you're really. I was looking online too. What I had seen in that earthquake, by the way, uh, was at Honda's research development facility at Twin Ring Motegi, not the oval itself. One person was killed, three people were injured, and it caused Nismo to have to shut down their operations there. That was a uh, Bear with me. Anyway, it was only a couple of years ago. That just to touch back on that, so our viewers weren't left astray. I say, I wonder how Albert Park would go. Which one? Albert Park. The track that F1 races in Melbourne. I I honestly. I think Silverstone would be a good one. Oh, Silverstone would be a great one too. That would, yeah. They would roll through tires so fast though. Mm. Oh my God. That track eats up tires more than Darlington on a bad day. Mm -hmm. I think Phillip Island. I mean, oh, granted, yeah. that's all the way near Australia, but Phillip Island's another track that I think would lend itself to these cars. Long straightaways, ridiculously high banked hairpins. With Here, like let, me long... let me be an idiot real quick. Monaco. Oh. 
<laughs> I feel like now we're just like huffing the glue. <laughs> oh, Inner Lagos. Okay, now he's eating paint chips. No, Inner Lagos would be hot. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't even. Don't even. That track is beautiful. I know both of you aren't going to want to hear this, but if I had to guess, which is most likely Long Beach. Long Beach yeah. would make sense. You get rid of the Coliseum BS. You go there, you support IndyCar and IMSA, which is already one of your products, and you run a street course. Yeah, but they're going to they're gonna want to be Sunday. See, okay. here's the thing about Long Beach. It's like the first, half of, it, the, the first half of it, great track. The last half of it, bulldoze it <laughs> start over i don't know if you guys had seen i keep sharing it when i see it but it's a video of the old long beach layout yeah when there was the elevation changes and you didn't take a hard right under the yeah. catwalk you know what that may be a bit sorry i know i'm completely cutting you off i'm sorry no you're good you're good okay <laughs> people complain about michigan go be support for Bel or go be support for detroit right Go race the streets right. of Detroit. You're going to be literally going right around the Rensen. And here we go again. You do a beta test, right? You do your preliminary testing. IndyCar is going to have a lot of eyes on it. Much like NASCAR had a lot of eyes and a lot of thought into this dirt race we saw this past weekend. And I don't think it's going anywhere. You know, I, I think now it's 100% guaranteed. I know that I think they said they are going back there next year already. I'd have, I'd have to double check on that. I but think so. It's it's not going to become something that's just a an experiment and then it goes away. Like it's going to stay a dirt event. And I, I really liked it yesterday. I, I really did think that like if that's the direction, at least the level of progression from the first every year to you know beta 2.0 before you get to your final you know, version that seems to work the best year after year, they moved it at a good proportionate amount. That there was a good it was a small amount of exponential increase there. That was, it, I don't know. It was encouraging. It was really encouraging what we saw. I like next it. week though. Next week. Next though, week. This next part. Whew. I'm going to, I have a handful of darts and I'm just going to yeah. whip them at my wall. <laughs> I know one of our, uh, one of our online racing buddies is going to be down there. I was over mm. at his house last night to watch the race. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's very excited. He's going to be spending a lot of money that, and a lot of money I'm probably going to have to pay him back for uh, this stuff Ooh, for the listeners' diecast. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. The shelf looks good, by the way. I just noticed that. He, he got himself a new setup behind him. Oh, yeah. I finally uh, found a spot to put that, so I was happy with that. Nice. Is it a dirty Mokar? Yes, sir. Nice. Picked it up at uh, Michigan last year. Is it 124 or what is it? No, it's a 118. 118? Yeah. 118. It's, a, it's a 124. It's a 124. I was going to be like, oh, real sarcastic with me. I was going to be a real asshole and say 164. Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, I have a, a 118 or, uh, either 118 or 115 upstairs, uh, Ken Schrader car. And it's like, yeah, it's like the size of a shoebox. It's huge. So I, I couldn't tell on screen. I would have believed him. <laughs> well, it's I mean, funny word. Hopefully, you this. know, is something we can discuss afterwards that, you know, you can before we get into our picks, I forgot I had this. So my dad had met Tony Stewart when he was working with Burger King way back in the day. So I, I forgot that I actually liked him. And then I have uh, 
I got David Gillen's autograph. There you go. There you go. Completely forgot for years that I had those. Yeah. Still don't have a place to put them. You're doing better than me, Chris. <laughs> well, let's talk about something that I haven't been doing better than you in lately. Let's talk about some picks. Pay up. Pay windows open, baby. I <laughs> love. Hey, have we been keeping track of points? I will this? do that today because I have a lot of free time today. Okay. I, I, today. I like haven't, I was like, either I haven't been paying attention at all, or I don't think we've been getting points anymore no. for, <laughs> for <our> picks. <laughs> so I will do that today. But let's get into it. Let's do it. Brandon, what is your picks for Taylor Dega? Dude, he's got the Ryan finger Blaney. curling down. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Blaney. Ryan no Blaney. No question. Absolutely no question. Oh, yeah. CJ? We don't even have to describe no, why. That, we don't no. have to. Two wins there says enough. Mm-hmm. Two wins mm-hmm. there, and he finishes in the top five like every super speedway race he goes to. He's the next Dale Earnhardt. Oh. Wow. Junior. Wow. I'd say junior. junior, 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 junior. I want to say senior. Blaney's, Blaney's not aggressive enough to boot scoot and boogie people out of the way 24-7. Um, no, let me, let me. He's got too big a heart. Junior, Earnhardt, junior. Earnhardt, junior. There you go. CJ. You ready for a bombshell? Brad Keselowski. Yuck. Brad I mean, Keselowski. he looked insanely good last night. night. I don't know where that came from, but that final stage, he came alive. Hot take from Mr. Chris Buescher is where it's coming from because he's the one that's really been like keeping a solid baseline, I think, for the team. And so their notebooks foundation that Brad is now building off of from what he knows from Penske equipment all these years is now starting to pay off. And he he still has talent. He's still Brad freaking Keselowski. You know, on the Mm -hmm. dirt last night, I wasn't surprised to see him up in the top 10 because he's still Brad Keselowski. He's still a champion. Because on pavement, he couldn't keep the car straight. But, Mm -hmm. uh, He's, he's my one. I really think the favorite is the six. We talked about it last week. Storyline's going to thicken. Well, you know what? I'll keep the Ford hype going. I'm going to go with a guy that was insanely fast at Daytona. And, uh, well, uh, he ended up turning into Harrison Burton. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with HB. He's going to do you it. You think Burton? Interesting. He's going to do it. I think it's fascinating. We all went for Fords too. And I don't the think Fords that was are just easy. stupid fast at the plate or at the super yeah. speedways. They got that shape down. Right, dude. Oh man, dude. They've, I got to ask the Chris. Huh? I got to ask. You got to ask. Why? Why me? Why am I going with Burton? Yes. The, aside from the Fords themselves, having the super speedways locked in the Penske group, takes that like a step further yeah and the 21 is essentially a penske car yeah i don't want to go with logano because he's either going to end up in the wall or upside down or upside down which i think somebody else will flip again this year oh yeah i'm i Um, i don't want to touch on that yet but i'm genuinely fearful for talladega i have genuine concerns like not not funny like you know, like, yeah. oh, this is going to be a huge... Like, I have serious... And I didn't want to go with Blaney because <laughs> our picks are too similar nine times out of ten. Yeah. Mm. I didn't want to go with Cindric because, like, <laughs> either Cindric's going to win or he's going to end up in the wall. Like, same thing happened in the Xfinity series. 
he either won or ended up in the wall at the plate. We're going to have to have some sort of like DraftKings like model where you get X amount of points to spend so that you like mathematically can't or have the can't favorites in your pick. Guys. I like this. We, we, we will expand upon this. I yes. don't want to derail us from our, from our segment, yeah. but I like that. One to watch. Are we going with a four to go? I don't know. Uh, Chastain's probably going to be a really good one to watch just because he gets aggressive. On yeah, the he's either going to end up up front or in the wall too. Um, right. He's, the, he's that that wild card pick. He he is either, like you said, up front or upside down. He, he is one of the, one of the two. So, yeah. but he, he's a really aggressive on the super speedways. He's aggressive all around, but on the super speedways, especially he, he makes it happen. <laughs> mm. Solid. CJ. Well, as far as my one to watch, it's Chase Elliott. Because after the, the performance last night, now, I mean, I think it was a good, it was a solid night. I'm pretty sure he finished top 10 last night. Um, but I think that he is the one now that needs a win more than anything else. Like he needs to get a win. The, the, he's not getting stage wins, really. He's not really like solidifying himself. I think we need to watch him this weekend. He's won at Talladega. He needs to have something happen here like now. Larson not just him, the whole team. Said, not, uh, not your team no more, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that other than in my head, I already know the only Ford in my lineup was Keselowski. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you? What's your one to watch, Chris? Because now we're watching Chris you. Chris Busher. Interesting. I like, so I, wasn't the, I like him on the super speedways. Yeah. We had some sort of thought there that wasn't that too far off. I like him on the super speedways a lot. He's mm-hmm. always quietly good, but noticeable at the end. Yeah, that's fair. He's got the Ford nose on it. He's got the Ford nose on it. He's got that Roush Yates motor underneath. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Those Roush Yates motors are tuned up and ready to go at the plate tracks. Yes, sir. 100% volumetric efficiency. Peak efficiency has reached. We are stoichiometric now. (laughs) BB, who's your dark horse? Kevin Hart. Oh, interesting. That's solid. Kevin Harvick, it's time. It's you, he's got to kick it me ass or I say it's time where it's been time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it is concerning. Yeah, I think he needs to either make something happen or make way. He, he's he's a good plate racer. He's I wouldn't say he's one of the best plate racers, but he's a solid plate racer. Yeah. He can he can get the job done when he needs to, and he can run up front. He was running up front uh, at the 500 for a little while. And then- I will say, for as much of the chaos as there is in the super speedways, anybody that's won it multiple times, that's when I start to look at as having a legitimate driver skill. Yeah. You know, there's so much luck involved that you you do it more than once to win on a plate track, then you're showing that either you're yeah, a lot of it's the car, but you're able to do something with it. And I agree with you. That's there, there's a reason that the past three years everyone eyeballed Penske cars every time we went to a super speedway. Yeah. Those guys just won. It's time. He needs to do something with it. My dark horse is Austin Dillon. Ooh, AD. Those RCR cars, they look like they've got some speed. And I don't know. Austin Dillon's going through like a maturity renaissance lately. It seems like like his maturity starting to show. The past two years, he's gotten better and better. 
Yeah. I don't Even just his likability, uh, you can see it. I don't think you can uh, call him Silver Spoon much anymore. Mm-mm. It took some time, well, but I don't think you can call him Silver Spoon anymore. No, I, mean, I don't think so either. Not, well, like I mean, someone, you, not like someone in the series below him. But uh, anyway. I see you're doing that, and I agree with you. I, I see your sentiment. Yeah. What about you? I was going back and forth between two guys. Um, I was debating between Almirola and Briscoe. I think I'm going to go Almirola. He always shows Solid. up on the at Talladega, especially. Sometimes he can show up at Daytona, but Talladega, he always shows up. So I think he's one to uh, really keep an eye on this weekend. One of the last times he's going to be going there, so you know he's going to be trying to gun it for a win. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's got, I mean, his real successes have come at the plate tracks. I think that's solid. Yeah. He did get a really unfair shake, I will say, just before we go one step further. I thought it was hilarious that cars were sucking dirt into the intake last night. How the hell did that happen? Because Amarola was one of those guys that was like, something's crunching. <laughs> I don't think I'm burning gas. <laughs> I'm making glass in the combustion chamber because I'm standing there. The hell was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> one of the guys that had the wrong front or grill cover on it. Stay away from intake leaks. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, who are you staying away from? I had, I had a pick, but I don't think I'm so sure on it anymore i said before we started that i was going to agree with at least one thing this week with cj but it wasn't going to be anything about bristol but (laughs) i was gonna say reddick interesting part of me says logano so now i i'm curious why you agreed with reddick after last night you, you think that because he kind of yielded that spot away, you don't want to stay away from him? No, it's – there's in the same hand a lot of fire and no fire at all. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed so, it. That's the best way I can put it. I mean, there's, there's, there's everything and nothing. And so instead, you want to stay away from Lugano. But instead, I'd rather stay away from Lugano because he's always been the aggressor at yeah. plate tracks. Yeah. He's always the aggressor at plate tracks. So, um, or one of the main aggressors at plate tracks. Um, so if I had to go statistically, I'd say Lugano. Which is fascinating because my stay away from is also statistically, and I'm going to take low hanging fruit here that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. We're at yep. a plate track. Again, every plate track we're going to go to with this podcast, I'm, I'm probably going to choose him because you, what you just said, Brandon, being the aggressor is what gets you into trouble at these tracks. You look at Cindric, right? Cindric was patient at the 500, was strategic, got himself a win. That's actual skill. Stenhouse though, Stenhouse, I think, is oh, I'm to, gonna get to the front. Stenhouse is to plate racing as Paul Tracy was to every car on the racetrack whenever he's ever been around anyone ever, forever, always. At Chrome Horn, I, I feel like Chrome Horn in an <laughs> car nonetheless. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> Chrome Flight, like American Airlines and McDonald Douglas. I mean, like, I, I just I don't see how Stenhouse hasn't. I don't know. Some guys have kind of changed over time. You know, they change their driving styles over time. 
Stenhouse, for some reason or another, every year, it seems like it's wrapped up in something. 47. Stay away from it. Yep. Chris? I'm going to go with the guy that finished 35th last night. Because aside from his win, he hasn't done jack shit all year. Just like I called you want to do last last night. Give me the 11. I don't care if it's a fucking plate jack. There's number two. He's abysmal Mm. this year. I feel like you need to revoke his sponsor because he's not sending it. He doesn't deserve FedEx because he is not sending it. (laughs) Sending it the wrong way. (laughs) Yep. They need to reverse the arrow in the FedEx logo. Maybe he'll go faster. (laughs) (laughs) FedEx driver of the number 11. (laughs) CJ almost spit out his coffee. (laughs) I was, we need to reverse the arrow. And in my head, I know we touched on this earlier, but I'm like, I feel like that's going to end up putting a car like in row one of the stands this week. <laughs> it's my fear. I'm serious though. Like how effortlessly Harrison Burton's car came up off the ground. Anyway, yep. I, I, without getting too far into that, that's my real fear. What to watch for this week is are the cars going to stay on the ground? I'm genuinely afraid of it. Harrison Burton's car flew so effortlessly at Daytona. It was just dumb luck that nobody else got swept up like that. This will sound stupid, but it can't be any worse than what we've said. Yeah. Those cars, (laughs) I personally have dropped two F-bombs this episode. Like, And he (laughs) used every bit of them. Mm -hmm. Yep. All the syllables. All the syllables. But with the trucks and cup series not so much the xfinity series but with the trucks and the cup there's there's two main factors for one the right sides of those cars and trucks are like billboards mm-hmm. there's no curvature to them they look like they they look pretty curvy in the cup cars they're not <laughs> they are billboards yeah they are absolute billboards and the trucks are you can tell they're just an aerodynamic wind panel. So when they get sideways, yeah, spoilers. Well, when they get sideways, it's just you're laying a piece of plywood into the wind. But then at the same time, it's because of how low to the ground they are. Uh, my because fear is it being a flat bottom car. You know, I mean, like that, it, that I don't mean to cut you off, but that no, that's why he flipped was because of how low that car is to the ground. Because he got sideways, he got hit in the door. Had he not, that's the main thing, is you watch all of these flips from the Gen 6 era and now the next Gen, Gen 7 era, is when they turn sideways, they don't flip when they turn sideways. They flip mm-hmm. when they turn sideways and get hit in the door because it loads the left side, gets down, right side picks up, and now all that air rushes enough to increase your angle of into a giant pocket because the left side of the car is now on the ground. Instead, when you had the Gen 5 era, you would turn the car sideways, you could get hit in the door, and there's still air flowing under the car. Yeah, the car's going to be light, but it's not going to flip. I mean, if they got spun backwards, it'd flip. Well, that was totally different. That was because you turn around, there'd be a big pocket. (laughs) Yeah, because there's a big-ass wing. What I can say from what I know of things... Well, it's ironic because I just hung those up. I just found them again. <laughs> They've been in a basement forever. But basic aviation tells you Bernoulli's principle, right? An increase in air 
underneath of something will try and equalize what's below it. Right. Yep. So like an air, an airplane wing is the sheep, the, the exact shape of a race car by nature. There is no way around it. You know, you want flat in the bottom curvature on the top. So that way the air underneath of the car, an increase in pressure is a decrease in velocity and a decrease in velocity is an increase in pressure. So if you're going faster over the top of the wing than you are in the bottom, then that means going faster on one side versus the other means you have differential pressure. And that is the big buzzword that every engineer is going to have to have been looking at when they did this next-gen car. That differential pressure is what creates lift. It's what creates downforce. What it really does is it creates an aerodynamic force. So when you have differential pressure one side versus the bottom, that's why those the, the flaps drop down out of the diffuser in the back. Because the idea is if you stop the air from rushing underneath the bottom of the car, when it does that, because it's, it's being slowed down underneath, you're having an increase in pressure on the top of the car to, to press it back to the racetrack. Now, the Gen 5 car, because of its wedge shape, it lent itself almost like, remember juniors flipped down the backstretch of Daytona? It was almost like when the car turned, it tumbled over on itself. You know what I mean? Like it would roll over onto the door because the air hitting the door and hitting that skirt being so loaded, it was enough to make the car want to pivot over that as like a fulcrum. The thing with Harrison Burton's crash at Daytona is the aerodynamicist side of me sees that bothered me was how it seemed as though even if he didn't get hit, that car was getting wicked, wicked light. And what you get with things like that, look at Austin Dillon at Daytona. That was a direct result of, like you said, Brandon, just several hits that started to make the car want to go airborne and become like, you know, when we used to play keep it up with the beach ball, right? When you're a kid, that's what happens. If one of the leaders is going to go over, they're going to just keep bouncing off the roofs of the cars behind them until there's nothing left. Like the easiest way you can put it for uh, like a, a, just the, in layman's terms is take a styrofoam cup and take the open end of the cup and face it out and then run into the wind. That cup is immediately going to wave your hand. It is going to go that way. So that's the same thing as when that car gets sideways, now all of a sudden you have all this surface area on the right side of the car for all that air to rush under it. A whole lot of momentum. Once it, and once it gets under there and you get hit in the door, left side loads into the ground, now you have that smaller or taller opening on the right side of the car. That's your cup. That's catching air. That's all it's doing is catching air under the car. Now you got a flat bottom and it's just going to... The angle of a wing into the airstream is called your angle of attack. So if you were parallel with the ground, you'd have an angle of attack of zero. As you hit the door, and you're exactly right, like when you hit the, the door of the car, because that suspension compresses on one side, you, you now increase the angle of attack of the floor. And I, I really couldn't agree with you more that like that's that's my I don't know that that situation is so you live in a world of possible versus probable. It's not just possible. It's very probable with this style of racing. And it makes me worried. I, I hope we don't see it again. I don't want to have any bad omens going into this weekend, but I don't know with how easily that car had picked up. I mean, they're already pretty damn low to the ground and really stiffly sprung anyway. You know, like in Brandon, I know you and Chris also, you get that. Like for the, the viewers listening, be, it being a, a stiffly sprung race car means like there's not a lot of movement in the suspension. The travel is just very limited to begin. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a worrisome thing. It seemed very effortless that that car was going to go over. We've seen cars get light at other tracks, not just Daytona now. Yeah, I think it's a 
aerodynamics is a fun thing to try to explain to I love like it. I know you you like to get like extremely technical about it but like I don't know any other way my, my apologies yeah. to the listeners I don't mean to sound like pompous I went to school to be an aircraft mechanics so like to me like I didn't get it explained to me any other way than like you know yep. yeah. the guys with the big glasses the bifocals <laughs> and like the no repeat take the test again <laughs> But the CJ guy, fuck that CJ guy. <laughs> There's three. All right, perfect timing. I think that's a great time to wrap it up, guys. Um, I love it. I love it. Thank you guys as always for joining. You know, it's a lot of fun to sit thank here. You. Talk to talk NASCAR with you guys. Thank you guys as always. I, I love it. I love it. And right. everybody listening, thank you for supporting us. Yes. Today was a fun episode. Today was a fun episode. All right. This was a production of NASCAR Dosage. Be sure to follow and subscribe at Everything NASCAR Dosage on Instagram and Twitter at NASCAR Dosage. Be sure to shout out wherever you listen to your podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many more.